Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today's Tuesday, so it's Travel Tuesday, and joining me is my husband, Matt. Hi, everyone. And this week, we are picking up with our trip in Olympia, Washington. We actually were in Bellingham, Washington when we left you last week, and now we're down south in Olympia. We've been moving north until now, but we backtracked. <laughs> backtracked a little bit, yeah. <laughs> to come down to Olympia and spend a little more time and go out on the Olympic Peninsula. Um, so we were really looking forward to this because the Olympic Peninsula is so beautiful and there's, you know, the Olympic National Park and all kinds of things to explore there. And we actually have some friends that just moved to the area. So we were going to spend some time with them. Uh, so that was fabulous. And we were actually going to be coinciding too with the Squim Lavender Festival. And we absolutely love lavender um, and so we really wanted to take advantage of that. Uh, so we had come down from Bellingham into Olympia and it wasn't, you know, too stressful of a drive. I and mean, we did have to go through Seattle to get there, um, which was, you know, as always traffic. Um, but we were a little bit stressed and surprised when we arrived at the campground, um, because we stayed at Riverbend campground and, um, it was not at all what we were told it would be. We thought that we had a spot reserved that, um, you know, had all the full hookups that we normally have and, um, like a 50 amp spot for those of you that don't speak motorhome and aren't familiar. This has to do with the power, um, that's available. And with our motorhome, we need 50 amp power. And if we have less than that, we can't run all of the stuff that we have, but it doesn't really matter that much um, when it's not that hot. Yeah, as long as it's not real hot or real cold. Yeah, because otherwise we'd have to run all three air conditioners and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, whatever. Um, it was just different than what we had totally expected to find there. Um, but we did end up at a fine spot, um, kind of nestled in the trees. This is a little bit different than some of the sites that we usually stay at in that it's not so much as a resort as it is truly a campground and they have um, a lot of nature here it's at the river's edge um, you can walk down along the water which is beautiful and there's just tons of trees and in fact people buy spots here to come and stay different times of the year you know as they're traveling through and they own the spots and then some are available um, for short-term rentals like what we did. Um, but we knew we'd be taking a trip, you know, into the Olympic um, Peninsula. This was, of course, in Olympia, not actually on the peninsula. Um, so we knew we'd be gone for like a week anyway, and we knew we'd be visiting friends. So it didn't really matter that much, but it was a little bit of an inconvenience. And certainly, you know, travel days are already a little bit you know, hectic. And, uh, so it was a little bit of a surprise at the end of the day. And when you've got a big 44 foot motorhome and you're towing a car and you show up somewhere and it's kind of not, we thought it's not like you can just boom, go stay somewhere else. It's not like a hotel where you can make another phone call and get another room. So, uh, it does take a little bit of planning. 
So anyway, that was a little bit hectic. But the campground actually ended up being really nice, and we enjoyed our time there because we were able to walk down to the river. And in fact, that's what we did that night and ended up spending some time, you know, watching the sunset, skipping some rocks. We um, saw a family of ducklings and, and there were like little baby ducklings and it was just completely adorable um, to watch them try to <laughs> navigate Swim the, yeah, navigate the little waves yeah. with um, the current with uh, their mom and all of that. So anyway, it ended up being a very stress-free um spot but anyway um and there were wild blackberries growing everywhere that was really cool so we did a lot of uh foraging for wild blackberries so we ended up with i think like multiple pounds of blackberries to take with us so that was lovely um but the next night we actually met some friends this is a different set of friends that had recently moved to olympia the Kellys. We were able to meet them at Iron Rabbit, um, which is a farm-to-table place down in Olympia, and have dinner and catch up, and that was lovely. Um, we had a wonderful, you know, conversation, a great visit, and really good food. I was quite impressed with this place uh, for just being like, you know, a simple gastropub kind of place, and it was it was really good. Yeah, Yeah, and they had lots of neat beers, you know, I mean, specific Northwest, so you're going to find lots of micro-brews. And I'm not a beer drinker, but, you know, Matt will enjoy one every now and again, and it's always fun to support the local, um, you know, brewers. So, anyway, that was great. And then uh, we left for our friends on the Olympic Peninsula the next day, and that's a couple hours or so over um, into, like, Port Townsend and Squim and... Port Angeles and all those little towns up in there. So um, we made the drive. It was a beautiful drive and uh, ended up spending time with them, had dinner with them and uh, and their family. And next day discovered we went into Squim and uh, discovered Nourish, which is a restaurant, a farm to table. They actually uh, all local, all organic. You know, they grow a lot of their um stuff in the garden which is nice they have gardens out in the front of the restaurant um and just a lovely lovely lunch lots of gluten-free options and um just a neat laid-back place it was really cool and and you know all the flowers and everything were lovely so um and then we did a little shopping we went to um nash's organic produce um and they had some great you know local options we picked up some stuff we were going to make dinner that night So we picked up some stuff there and just sort of like hung out um, and later went down to the Dungeness Spit. And this is a kind of like a sandbar or a beach or something that kind of goes out into the water. It's actually kind of large um, with lots of driftwood and really cool, interesting things along the shore. And it seems to go on for a while. It does go on for a while. It ends at the lighthouse. Yeah, it goes out to a lighthouse. It's actually quite far um, to the lighthouse. Um, but to get down to the, the beach or the spit, um, you go through a forest. It's a Dungeness National Wildlife Refuge, I think. And that is very pretty, very, very pretty. So that's a fun walk down through the mossy forest and, you know, tons of trees and, um, animals. Uh, we ran into some deer and I think there was some elk in there. It was just lovely. Um, and then you get down and the water so lovely and blowing in and, you know, the waves and, you know, anyway, it's the beach. Like, what do you want? It's amazing. Um, and our friends introduced us to sea beans. We had not had these before, but 
kind of like a, a thing that you can forage for on the beach. Um, and so that was a neat thing to try and just kind of hung out, talked, enjoyed the sunshine, enjoyed the sound of the waves crashing, um, and then hiked back out through the forest. And, uh, so that was really lovely. Um, and then the next day we actually rented a boat and went out on the water. Um, we took a cruise to Protection Island and saw puffins and seals and eagles and, uh, a huge elephant seal that was on the beach there. And Protection Island is not an island that you can get out on. It is called Protection Island because it is protection for the animals. Um, and there are all sorts of species of birds that are there. That's the main thing they're protecting. Um, of course, there's tons of eagles up in that part of the country and the seals. And there's also deer. There's island deer that live on the island and they swim. <laughs> they swim uh, around the island. Now we did not see any swimming deer, but they do exist. And, um, so that's kind of interesting because who would have thought, um, but I don't think that they can get off the island because I don't think they can swim back all yeah. the way to I think the, it's too far to the main I think it's one. too far. Yeah. So I think they got out there and whoops, here we are. Um, but there's been tons and tons, you know, over the years, because once you get a couple there, they reproduce and then there's more deer. Um, so there's been all this talk, you know, um, about how to, you know, address that deer issue on the island because it's protected, you know, you can't go out there, but, um, anyway, that was really cool. And to see that elephant seal, I mean, what a difference to see an elephant seal next to, you know, the other seals. And we had seen some elephant seals when we were driving along the Pacific coast highway, um, in Southern California. Um, but you know, to see them up against other seals and all of that. It was just a really cool experience. And the puffins were so fun. Puffins are so hysterical. You know, it's kind of like, um, like a penguin and a toucan, you know, got together and had a baby. So, you know, they were, we had this, these two puffins that were right up by the boat and they had these enormous orange beaks and were just swimming around, just being adorable. Um, and really interacting with us. So that was fun. And we got lots of great pictures of that. Um, and it was fun. You know, we took, we took a little picnic on the boat and, um, we picked up lunch at a place called Pacific Pantry. Um, it's there in Squim and it was just really a lovely time. So we really enjoyed that. Um, and then later went on to the Lavender Festival. Again, that's what was going on that weekend. In Squim, this is an annual event, and I think that Squim is known for its lavender kind of far and wide. I mean, there's multiple, multiple lavender farms, and then, of course, products that come from the lavender um, fields, you know, so you've got all kinds of, you know, essential oils and, and bath products and beauty products and everything, all the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things that you can do with lavender. That smells so great. So it was fun to go around the festival and see the things that were there, you know, not just the lavender products, but all the art and, you know, all the, the local artisans that were bringing things to the festival, to the market. Um, so that was a fun time. And then we went to Alderwood Bistro for dinner. And that was a lovely farm to table restaurant, really delicious food, wonderful service, very casual intimate atmosphere. It was a great time. Um, so we really enjoyed that. And then, um, ended up doing a little shopping again at Nash's, uh, for some groceries, you know, had a night in and just 
you know, made some potato soup, some potato leek soup and hung out on the deck and listened to the waves crash in and watched the, the stars. There was a little bit of a meteor shower going on. And so that was really a lovely place to catch it. And so it was just a very relaxing time. And, uh, and then the next day we decided to do the whole Olympic Peninsula tour and um, after going to a few lavender farms in the morning, I think, which which is the one that we went to that was organic? Um, there were a few that were organic, but Purple Haze. Yeah, I think it was Purple Haze. Yeah, it was big and uh, and really neat. They had, you know, tents and stuff set up because of the festival. Most of that was downtown, but the farms had some things going on. Um, and that was fun to kind of walk through the fields. And they had, you know, their chickens out there just walking through the fields. And it kind of reminded us be, of being back on the har- farmstead, but with organic lavender Hmm. what's not to love about that um and then we went by fat cat garden and gifts um and then decided we were going to grab lunch on the way out but nourish was we went back to nourish but they were just extremely busy and kind of disorganized and the menu ended up being something different than we thought it would be and anyway i think we just grabbed um fish and chips at FUDS. Um, it was down there in Squim, just outside of where the festival was taking place. And they had a salmon fish and chips uh, that was really well done. And we really enjoyed that. It was kind of a different take on fish and chips. Um, and grabbed that and went on down to Hurricane Ridge. This is um, like a mountain area that you can go up in. You can actually hike or, you know, go up in the car and then hike around once you're up there. Um, and that is just after Port Angeles. So if Port Angeles sounds familiar to you and you read the books Twilight or the Twilight series or watch the movies, this is where it sort of took place. Port Angeles and Forks and La Push and all of that is on the Olympic Peninsula. And I do remember that from several years ago. So it was kind of interesting to be in Port Angeles. And then, you know, we were really there for the park, but it was kind of interesting to be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of this place. Um, and then we, you know, Hurricane Ridge, again, you drive up in, it's in the national park. Um, and then you can see mountains all over all the Olympic mountain range and the, I think it's the presidential range. So that was very cool. It was a little hazy the day we were there. It was a little hazy. Hard to see. Yeah. You know, it was easier to see than it was to photograph, um, because a lot of those didn't come out super well, but it was beautiful and, uh, and really interesting to get up there and kind of see, all the different terrain you know what's cool about part of the olympic peninsula is it's in in the rain shadow um of the mountains and so they actually get very little rain as compared to the west of the pacific northwest and i think victoria um bc is also in that rain shadow and so you know we had talked before in a previous episode about the Bouchard gardens and and the tour that we had done there after our as part of our alaskan cruise and, um, you know, the climate was definitely different than other places in the Pacific Northwest. So I think that's why the lavender does so well there. It's sort of like very similar weather to the south of France, which, as we know, is, as we know, is very known for its lavender. So um, really kind of a cool thing. And then we went over to the Lake Crescent Lodge for lunch and, you know, hung out um, at that lake there. And wow, that is beautiful. I mean, that whole area is so pretty, very picturesque, like just driving through the forest, this crystal blue lake surrounded by mountains, people canoeing, kayaking and swimming swimming, and, oh, just really lovely. And 
has a, a very long history. The lodge has been around for many, 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 many decades and just, um, you know, a huge memory for a lot of people in the area. You know, they've always vacationed there or come every summer and it's just a really special place. Um, and we had a lovely lunch there. Um, you know, they're very accommodating for, you know, organic and farm to table, gluten free, all of that. Um, and hung out by the lake before we got on our way. And there were so many places as we were going through the rest of this area to pull off and take pictures or, or view the ocean or whatever. And then we went through Forks. Again, if you are familiar with the Twilight uh, series, you know about Forks. And I do have to say, a little different than we thought it would be. Um, but you can definitely tell that they experienced sort of a tourism boom yeah. due to the books and that that like is it's, it's over. Yes. That is over. Um, there's a few little signs here and there, but, um, yeah, kind of a town past its heyday, I'd say. Um, but anyway, then we drove through the Ho Rainforest. We didn't get to go out to La Push. I really wanted to go out to the beach there and, and onto the Indian Reservation, and that was just not something that we had time for. Um, because yeah. the Olympic Peninsula is huge, and we were trying to do it in a day. It's a gorgeous drive. I definitely do not recommend it in a day. No. Plus, plus we got a late start we to did. begin with. So. Yeah, we did. Double whammy. Double whammy. And we totally paid for that later. <laughs> but, um, you know, to get to La Push and, and the Quinault Reservation, we would have had to go north quite a bit and, um, and then come back south. So it was going to be maybe another two hours, and there was no way to do that. So, um, and see all the other stuff we wanted to see. So we drove through the Ho Rainforest, and then we went on to Ruby Beach. And Ruby, Ruby Beach is so cool. It's very rocky. You have to hike down to the beach, um, kind of through a forest. There is a, a pretty good trail. It's not, you know, hard. Kids do it and everything. It's not that hard to get down there. But to get onto the beach, to go over driftwood and all the rocks, it's a very rocky beach. Um, and we went at high tide as well. And so to be able to kind of traverse all of that was a little something. And it was kind of starting to rain and everything. Oh, it was just really kind of cool and mysterious and um, foggy. And we got some really cool pictures of, you know, the tide coming in and... Um, you know, different things being covered up. We spotted some starfish and some of those tide pools and there were just some really cool rocks to, um, to hike around and kind of, you know, see what was going on. There was, you know, a lot of sea life down in those tide pools and attached to the rocks. And, um, there's a little Island off the coast there, not very far. And it, um, you know, was being shrouded in the fog and the mist. And I don't know, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. It's just beautiful. And, um, you know, we got some great pictures, so that was fun. Um, and kind of watch the sunset there, you know, as much as you can when it's rainy and misty, but, but we were able to see some, it just wasn't, you know, all the vibrant colors, but, um, it was really cool. And there were a lot of people there, you know, getting the pictures and, um, you know, I'm professional photographers. So you can tell they know the, the great places to go. Um, and then hiked on out of there and actually ended up heading home after that. There were a couple more turnouts here and there but we didn't take as many as we may have if we'd had more time we were sort of racing the light and um and the rain so and we had a few hours what was it four hours or so to get back home something like that yeah it was far it was far but we got back to olympia and you want to talk about bugs on that drive oh my goodness yeah a lot of bugs (laughs) 
the windshield needed to get cleaned a couple times. <laughs> um, I feel like we did some damage to their local bug population that night. Um, but anyway, yeah, definitely um, allow yourself a lot more time to go through there. I mean, really, like three to four days, you could really spin that and really soak it all in. Um, but that's what we had to spend, and so we wanted to see as much as possible um, as we could. So we got back to Olympia and then just sort of took the next day off. Um, we worked, but we did not <laughs> explore. Um, we tried to recover um, because the next day we actually went to Mount Rainier. And that was quite a drive. Um, I mean, it wasn't too bad getting there. Uh, it was maybe an hour and a half or so getting there. Uh, but the drive home was a little hairy but on, on the way there it was just a gorgeous drive you go through some ski towns um and some really fun spots and of course in beautiful forests the whole way um and then you get to the national park and it's just lovely i mean i love mountains and forests and all that so you're climbing up you know the mountain um it's so tall it's got snow you know it doesn't matter there's waterfalls all over. Um, I mean, yeah. if, if you're anywhere near there, I highly recommend checking this one out. This national park was great. It was, and it was so much um, cooler than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I knew Rainier was going to be neat, um, but I didn't expect all the waterfalls and all the different little viewpoints and all of that. So, um, And we just had a gorgeous day for it. It had been a little rainy in the morning and then totally cleared out in the afternoon when we were finally able to leave. Um so it was great. I mean, really blue sky, big white puffy clouds. And once you get up there, you know, the clouds kind of parting over Mount Rainier. I mean, I sort of felt like, you know, it was Mount Olympus or something like, ha ha. Um, but we had dinner at the lodge there at the National Park. I was actually really impressed um, with that. You know, more and more the National Parks are offering organics and, and local choices and you know, grass-fed meats and things like that. And I think that that's phenomenal. And so we were able to take advantage of that. And the lodge was kind of a really old-fashioned lodge that you would expect on a mountain. Um, you know, you walk in, it's it's um, timbers and, you know, soaring ceilings with all the beams. And you walk in and somebody is over playing the piano, um, you know, beautiful music, professionally playing the piano. And there's a fire going in the lodge fireplace and actually it was pretty cool up there. I mean, even though it had been what, maybe in the seventies, high seventies on the ground, it was, you know, in yeah. the forties. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and so, you know, having the fire in the big stone fireplace was quite welcome. Um, and then, you know, dinner in this grand dining room and, uh, just a real authentic experience. Like it just felt like, yeah, this is a mountain lodge. Um, so that was really lovely. And then, um, you know, finished driving through the park. We saw just gorgeous falls. I think that's Narada Falls was there. That was one of them, yeah. And we did the ready. hike around that. So if you do Narada, like when you're um, in the parking lot, you can look down and see the falls. And then you can walk over a little bridge and see a little bit more. You can see where the falls are coming from. Um, and that's pretty. But I do encourage you, if at all possible, to go ahead and take the hike through the forest, down the path to the bottom of the falls it's not terribly far or treacherous um it's a little taxing and the elevation's a little high but honestly it's not that bad and it's so so worth it because standing at the base of the falls you really get a sense for how powerful the water is you really get a sense of just 
how it's all going together, like how all the plants are there and the rocks are there. And, you know, we saw some rainbows in the mist of the waterfall and all that. Like it, we would have missed all of that if we hadn't hiked down. So I definitely recommend that. Um, and there were a couple other places to overlook falls. I can't remember the name of another one. You know, anytime you go into a national park, they're going to give you a map. Um, and if they don't give it to you, ask for it. A map of the park so that you know all the turnoffs and whatever. There was another place that we were able, it was a very short hike, um, to get down and look at some falls. Again, you could see it from the bridge, but, you know, take that extra 15, 20 minutes to do the little hike and go down and see, like, where it's coming from. Because you'll always be rewarded with things that you didn't think were there or viewpoints that you didn't know that you could could see. Um, because we got down there and we saw, like, a secret other falls that we didn't know was there. And then some really cool twisty tree roots and mossy covered, you know, rocks and all that. I just love that. So that was really cool. Um, and then after we left um, the National Park, because of where we came out and where we had to get back to in Olympia, I think it was like two and a half hours home. Yeah, we came out on the total other end of the park than yeah. where we entered. So. I, and if we would have really understood that, I think we might have gone back through the park um, to see the beauty again and then come back the other way. It was getting dark, though. It was getting dark, and the elk were out, you guys. I'm not even kidding you. I don't even know how many dozens and dozens of elk we saw. And, you know, people always talk about deer crossing the roads. I think elk are way less skittish than deer about crossing the roads. They just go out and stand on the road, like, hi, here I am. <laughs> and you come around a corner, and, oh, wow, there's elk on the road. And they certainly do travel in herds, because if you see one, there's going to be other ones coming. I don't think we any saw, saw any that were alone. Um, and there was an area, you know, because I was the navigator, so I was on elk watch, and, you know, as much as Matt was while he was driving, you know, I'm always looking along the side of the roads going, okay, you know, deer, elk, whatever. Um, and there were areas that you would think you were kind of safe from that because, like, one side of the road's a field and the other side of the road is a cliff. And you're thinking, well, surely they wouldn't be here. Well, they are. They are. And they will come out of that field and jump up that cliff in one fell swoop. I was amazed to see what they could do. I had no idea that elk would do that. Um, but they do. And then we went through this little town, like right outside of the park. And, um, I don't even know the name of it. It's just some little town and elk were in everybody's yard. In fact, there was a, a little elk, a baby elk inside of somebody's boat. They had like a boat laying on the ground, like a little fishing boat. And this elk is just standing in it. And I thought, okay, you know, cause when you're in the park, you're like, Oh, I want to see an elk. I want to, you know, we'd only see a hand, seen a handful at this point. And I think in Rainier, we saw just dozens and dozens. So it was like, oh, my gosh, another elk. I mean, there were just so many. Um, so I think it's a pretty normal thing up there for people to see them. And they're not really enthralled by them like visitors maybe are. But anyway, um, so we got back. And uh, the next day, went into Tacoma. We had been told by a good friend that we had to check out um, metropolitan market that it's like a whole foods, but with a lot of, you know, b bonuses, a lot of local stuff, a lot of prepared stuff, like prepared foods that were, you know, good and definitely worth checking out. And let me say not wrong, pretty awesome place. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a mix of, uh, like a whole foods or like a natural grocery store with, 
kind of a local market and then a, a bakery, um, a prepared foods area, and then sort of some stuff that you would find at more of a mainstream grocery store as well. So you can kind of combine, you know, a lot of stuff in one. So yeah, it's pretty nice. Now I will say that we had been told that they had a fabled cookie here. And that it was a must-have, regardless of any dietary preference, unless you have severe allergies, uh, that it was definitely worth a try. And let me tell you what, it was amazing. We got one, and it's like a chocolate chip cookie on crack, really, on steroids, um, with, I think it had walnuts in it, so... A few other things, too, I think. I don't, I don't really remember. It wasn't just a standard chocolate chip. Well, it was delicious, whatever it was. Now, I will say we split a cookie and couldn't even finish it. It was delicious, but wow. And just... it was warm, too, <laughs> fresh out of the oven. Yeah, they're it, pretty amazing. It was a hot mess to eat, though. It was. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun to try, and I will say that they are a legend for good reason. Um, but it wasn't something that I would want to eat very often, and maybe like a once-a-year half-a-cookie kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, we ended up going to Duke's Chowder House. We had been at Duke's Chowder House in, uh, Seattle and we were happy to meet up with them again in Tacoma. Um, this was actually right on the water. It was a lovely, uh, location and their chowder is just so good and they're so, you know, accommodating. I'm so happy to see, you know, this organic mainstream kind of stuff. I mean, everything's from scratch. They use local organic in so many different instances. You know, you can get organic salads and then, you know, their their chowders with local seafood and gluten-free and all this kind of loveliness. So that was really great. Um, so we just sat on the water at sunset and, and, and had some dinner. And then the next day we actually had friends that they travel as well. And they were on a huge road trip. And uh, ended up corresponding with us there. Like, we just didn't know that we were going to be able to meet up. But they were coming back from Victoria and took the ferry over to Port Townsend. And then were able to meet us in Tacoma um, for lunch. And so that worked out really well. Um, and then we went to Dockside Bistro and Wine Bar. Um, and that was in Olympia, right? That was Olympia, That yeah. was Olympia. And that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was lunch. And uh, it was a little slow on the service. Um, but the food was good. And the, the seating was pretty good. We were there on the water. Um, and then, you know, I, I have started doing some watercolors, doing some watercoloring. Um, and I was able to go to a local store there in Olympia and get some supplies um, so that was cool. It was like a neat little downtown area to like walk around and, and get stuff. So anyway, so that was kind of the end of our trip there. We, um, spent a little more time at our, you know, um, campground doing some, you know, wild black blackberry foraging, you know, walking down to the river. We spent a lot of time by the river. It was really lovely. Um, and depending on the time of day, like you could cross at different areas and all of that. So really cool to explore. I think a lot of like, you know, scout groups like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts tend to do like little camping trips and stuff out there by the water. And it's just a pretty area. Um, so anyway, that was it. And then next week we are actually going to be headed across the state 
staying in Spokane and then heading into Montana. Very excited to talk to you about Montana because it was just absolutely amazing. And we hit up a lot of national parks there. So we'll delve into that next week. Again, all the show notes with links for all the things that we talk about, restaurants, sightseeing, campgrounds, etc., can be found on our website at realfoodwholehealth.com. If you'll go under podcast and then under episodes, you'll see the links uh, for all our episodes there. And if you click on it, it'll take you to this show and you'll find all the links for everything we talk about. So Thanks so much for joining in and we will talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.